We've been in the middle of the series called Omni. We've been dealing with these massive qualities of God. We said that if we can learn more about God, you know what, we can, we can develop a closer relationship with him. We've been talking all about these qualities of God that as we've learned them, they, they reveal more about who God is and I think we can understand him more and, and it makes more sense in our lives. And we talked about the fact that he was omnipotent and that means he has all power. And we talked about the fact that we serve an awesome God. We look around at the world that we live in and it, it speaks of his majesty we talked last week about his, his omniscience, that he knows all things throughout. And we realize the fact that we may not know, but we can know the one who does know. And this week we continue with one that I think is, is so very um, perfect for the season and so important to us as we walk through our lives and as we try to kind of make it through as well. I uh, have things that I cannot do alone. I can't. Um, I cannot go out to eat alone. I can't do it. I cannot do it. I really can't go to a movie alone. I've done it because of needing to do research for a message when we were doing our At The Movies. But I, I, there's no way I would get like a ticket and go to a movie alone. I can't do it. I, I'm also the person, but there's no way like I would go and do something, like go see something or, or go out of town to go experience something by myself. I apparently have something that, that is just in me. I can't do it. How many other people would admit you're the same type of thing in one of those situations or maybe another one, you're one of those people who says, I can't do those things alone. Anybody? Like movies, right? Going out to eat. How many people, there's no way you could go out to eat alone, right? Yeah. Now, some of you guys are the ones, you guys will go and you'll go see a movie by yourself and you would go out to a dinner by yourself. You guys are like the strong ones. There's something in you. That's just strong enough just to go and to have a meal by yourself sitting at a restaurant. I, I cannot do it. Um, but even if you're that person who, who can go out to a meal by yourself or can go and see a movie by yourself, my guess is you still fall in line with us in some cases of the, the fact that all of us have times when we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be alone anymore. Um, even if you're a loner and you're that person who, you know, I'm good, I'm an introvert, I'm all of this, there are still times or there are seasons or there are situations where the last thing you want is to be alone. A sad time, a hard time. I know, I mean, just, just recently we dealt with uh, the passing of my grandmother. And in a time like that, the last thing I would want is to be alone. I couldn't imagine, I know Shelby texted me from, from Texas because she lives far away and she says it's so hard being this far away from everybody going through this because there's just something in you that you just want to be with somebody who cares who's there with you and one of the coolest qualities that we have of our God his omni qualities one maybe doesn't get as much press but it's so amazing in regards to us is the fact that our God is what they call omnipresent he has omnipresence. And what this means is that he has all presence. He has an ability to be present in all places at all times. That there is not a a single place in which God resides, but in fact, he resides in all places at all times. It says this in Jeremiah 23, 23 through 24. Am I a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord? No, I'm far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord. God reveals to the prophet Jeremiah, he says, 
You know, people will say that, uh, you know, am I here, am I there? And he says, I'm never just here. He says, if I'm here, I'm also far away in there, that I encompass all these areas. There is nothing in creation that you have ever met that my presence has not been there at the exact time. There's never been a moment in your life in which my present my presence hasn't been a part of it. I do not exist just in one place. That there's no travel necessary for God. He doesn't need to go from one place to another. That he is and he exists in all places. And the Bible talks about this in, in, in kind of two different directions. One, it talks about it in a very, very comforting way. Psalm 139, 7 through 10 says this, I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to... To heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. The Bible says no matter where you would go, no matter how far you would travel, man, how high, how low, how far away, that you're never outside of God's reach, that as soon as you might need his help, his hand is there ready and available, that you can't outwalk God, you can't leave him behind, and you can't find yourself in a place where he's no longer ready or available to you. And in the same time, the Bible also speaks of the opposite side of it. Not just as a comfort, but also as a warning. In Amos, who was a prophet, God was speaking to people who had turned their back on him, And God said they need to be punished to learn a lesson. And this is what he says. And see if it doesn't sound strangely familiar to Psalm 139. Even if they dig down to the place of the dead, I will reach down and pull them up. Even if they climb up into the heavens, I will bring them down. Even if they hide at the very top of Mount Carmel, I will search them out and capture them. Even if they hide at the bottom of the ocean, I will send the sea serpent after them to bite them. And the opposite side that they almost show, the same thing as, 139, as Psalm 139 says, but in a different sense, it says that the enemies of God be warned. The enemies of God be warned because you are not just facing a God who's in one place at one time, but you're facing one who no matter how far you run away from and how much you try to hide, you never go outside of his reach. That whatever he's bringing to you, and if it's punishment to those who stand in opposition to God, that he can reach to the farthest depths and he'll find you. Maybe if you go down to the ocean, it says maybe he'll just send a sea serpent to bite you, right? And this is common about the, the omnipresence of God that you can't get outside of it, both as a comforting thought and perhaps also as a warning. But this is terrific and great news for us who have been made friends of God by Jesus. Us who've started a relationship with Jesus and were brought back into right relationship by that king who came to earth at Christmas time, the one we just watched that video about. This is great news for us. It says this in Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. You see, the benefit of an omnipresent God is that at any time, in any place where we would need him, he does not have to travel to get there to assist us. That in any moment when we need refuge, when we need strength, when we need shelter, that he is immediately and presently there. And it gives us this amazing comfort to know that that our God is never out of reach. Our God is never behind us. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is close to all who call on him. Yes, to all who call on him in truth. God's word points to the fact that the very moment, the very moment you issue an ask of God, please, Lord, help, Jesus, that he is immediately in the presence. 
that as soon as you ask in truth, he is there. That he's not far away and it doesn't take time for him to get there. You don't find yourself at a place where you're racing against the clock and God is trying to get to you. That he's there already. This means that for the believer, for those who follow God, great comfort comes. Because we realize that we never have and we never will face a moment alone. That even in, in the hardest times that we can look back at our life, even in terrible moments where we've had sadness, depression, anxiety, fear, loneliness, that even as we sat in that moment, we were never truly alone. That the Lord was there and he was present. And I've even talked to people down the road where they look back at their life and they recognize it. At the moment, I felt so alone, but now, past it as I look back, I can see how God was there that entire time, and he was with me. And it also means that we have this confidence, because as we look forward, it means that there's never a, a situation that we can walk into in which we're not still connected and surrounded by the presence of God. That there's never a time we find ourselves truly alone. And we need to put this statement in our mind because it's true and it should always be in our head. He is right here. He is right here. Wherever we go, whatever situation we face, whatever hard time in our mind should follow up, and he is right here. He is right here, present, accounted for. His omnipresence becomes even more clear as we delve into who he is. Our God is, is, man, infinitely glorious and infinitely amazing. And as we learn more about him, sometimes it's like, I don't get all that, and that's okay. There's been people who've spent the last few thousand years trying to understand all the attributes of God, and we never will. If we would have found everything out and calculated everything, it would have disproved that God was God. We can't. We're never going to find 100% of it. We're always working on partial information because we can't comprehend all the greatness and all the goodness of our Lord. But we serve a God who isn't just a, a singular God. He is one. But in the same sense, we believe in a God who is Trinity. And this is amazingly confusing and awesome. That we serve a God who says this is one person in three beings. That it's one God completely. Just one God. There's not three gods. There is one. But that he exists as God the Father, as God the Son, Jesus, and in the Holy Spirit. And this begins to make the idea of his omnipresence even more tangible. The idea that we serve this commune God of three entities as one being. You say, that doesn't make any sense, Cameron. How can you be one and how can you be three? It's God. That's how. Okay? When you're like, is it, so is it one or is it three? Yes, it's one, but it's also still three in one. The greatest act, perhaps ever, that reveals this, this true omnipresence of our God isn't just that he is he is generally in all places at all times but the intimate detail to which his omnipresence is delivered in four days we're going to celebrate it in four days we're going to celebrate a God who although he existed everywhere in and throughout that sin had broken a relationship with him and that his solution to our sin problem was to become man in flesh. We are the only faith that believes anything close to this. There is no faith in which God lays aside his godliness to become man, to live with the people he cares about. 
completely different than anything else because it's so radically unimaginable. No one would have dreamed this up. God found this amazing loophole in which to save those who were lost and Jesus, the King of Kings, was born as a small child. Like it said, in an an obscure village in poverty to come and be the servant king. And it reveals even more his omnipresence that, that God came among us. One of the names of God is Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. That present, that tangible, and that realistic. As Jesus was born, he was taking and people in the, in the temple when they brought him to these, these wise people who had spent their entire lives praying. They brought him to him and they grabbed a hold of him and they said, this child, my king. And they immediately know this was God in front of them in man form. The Messiah sent to save them. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says this, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest is ours, uh, of ours understands our weaknesses. For he faced all of the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You see, unlike any faith, we have a God who became like us and a God who understands our temptations and our trials. We do not have some faraway God who is, who is removed from humanity and says, get it straight. But we have one who came and lived in bodily form and faced all the same temptations we do and all the same struggles as we do. And that he sits as the intercessor between God the Father and us. And he's the one through which all the information comes. And he's the one who's saying, man, they're trying. Yeah, it's not perfect, but you know what? It's paid for. It's paid for. He's the inner intercessor between us and Father God. And it is such a revelation, not only of God's omnipresence, but the detail and the intimacy of his omnipresence that he literally came to this earth to save his people. Jesus came and, of course, been raised in a Christian country, so I'm sure you know, Jesus died. And his death on the cross, paid for all of the sins of the world that we've been racking up this debt over and over and over again for years and years with our sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we had this amazing debt we couldn't pay back to God and it separated us from him. And Jesus came and lived a perfect life so that when he went to the cross, he could not die because he had no sin. So in order to die, he had to carry someone else's sin. And in perfection, he took all of the imperfection and died and paid for every single sin. All sin from beginning of time all the way through the end of time. Every sin from the beginning of your life all the way through the last day of your life all paid in this act of supreme sacrifice on the cross. And Jesus died and he paid for it. And we can tell that it was, it, was, it was true. He literally died, and it says that at that same moment, the temple curtain tore. And what that meant was, in the past, God had been present with people, omnipresent, of course. But his spirit, that connection with God, was kept in the holy of holies inside the temple. And only one man could access it one time a year to ask forgiveness for the sins of the people. And I said that as Jesus died, this temple curtain, which was almost a foot thick, tore down the middle and split and fell apart. And God was saying that now the Spirit of God is free to everyone because all people are made clean because of Jesus if they'll accept his sacrifice. Man, Jesus died 
and it changed everything. And we are so crazily blessed to live on this side of Calvary. Jesus died and the Holy Spirit became available. And all of a sudden, the omnipresence of God took on a whole other form to us as humanity. Not just simply the presence of God, but the comfort and the peace and the very spirit of Jesus, 100% present at all times. That the Bible says that as Jesus died, that that spirit was let free into this world for all of us to engage with and all of us to interact with. And the spirit is the one who, who prompts our hearts to understand that we have something wrong with us and we need Jesus. When Jesus was leaving, he said this in John 14, 16 through 19. He says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. Jesus in his death, he broke free the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, is the, it's the spirit of Jesus. It is the same power and love and holiness of Christ in this omnipresent person. This is the, this is the God that we feel as we sit and we sing and we realize our own, our own brokenness and we realize the grace of God and the glory of it. That maybe even as you were watching that video, you felt something touch you. That's the Holy Spirit. Omnipresent around you, in this place, in all places. It's the, the peace of, of God that touches us when we go to do something and we feel a warning in our spirit not to do something. Perhaps this isn't for you. That's the Holy Spirit that's present with us at all time. This advocate is the one who brings us the comfort, the love, the passion, the power to follow God. And we can declare Wherever we stand, whatever situation we're in, because of understanding this, God's omnipresence and the spirit of Christ and what he did and the Holy Spirit, that no matter where we stand, he is here. He is right here. No matter where we find ourselves, the spirit of God is here. What you need to take from this, what we need to apply from this, is that the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, is with us whenever we call. In any moment that we would call. That we would never, like I said, find ourselves at a place where the presence of God wasn't available to us. You need to put into your head that as moments come in your life, hard times come in your life, difficult decisions come in your life, awkward scenarios come in your life, moments of sadness, moments of depression, moments of anxiety, that you're not there alone. And in the back of your head needs to ring, he's right here. He is right here. He is present with me. I do not face this challenge alone. I do not face this situation alone. Man, this hard time, this awkward situation, this person coming at me, I'm not standing here just myself. I have the God of the universe here with me. He's right here. Psalm 145 that I read earlier, right? It says, the Lord is close to all who call on him. That as soon as you call on him, he is present and he is available. That he is with you. He is right here. And this gives us a confidence that we can walk through our day. 
It gives us a strength that despite sometimes we feel hollow or we feel weak, that we can stand strong knowing that God walks with us. I'm not responsible for opening all these doors today. I'm not responsible for just, you know, doing 100% of what needs to be done today. I have the God of the universe here with me, present in me and around me. He's right here when we need him. But second as well, his omnipresence brings about a sharp reminder that he's also here when we're not asking him to be. That yes, the God of the universe and his omnipresence is here as soon as we would call on him. As soon as we'd say, God, I need you, that he is, he is present and he is there. But his omnipresence brings about a second thought, which is that God is here and he is present even when you don't want him to be. Let's be really honest. Most of us have struggles in our life. We have things that we struggle with in our faith. Situations we struggle with in our family, our workplace, inside of ourselves. And there's many moments in a day, in a week, in a month, in which we don't really want God to be nearby. But his omnipresence isn't turned off. He's there. And he's with us. We have to realize that God is not simply here when we ask him. He is here when we don't ask him as well. His omnipresence means that there is not a moment of your life, not a moment of your day, that he is not right there with you walking through that situation. Now what this does is it brings the back half of this. The first half is confidence. and God is with me and I can stand against anything. And the second half is just a step back of saying, well, if God is always with me, then where am I taking him? Where am I taking Jesus? What am I saying in front of Jesus? What am I watching with Jesus? What am I listening to with with Jesus? What am I doing with Jesus? See, his omnipresence brings about a clarity of realizing there's no moments where you can simply hide away from the presence of God. Where all of a sudden you can turn off that switch in your head and think, I'm just going to sin and do something fun for a moment. Jesus walks through that entire moment with you. Whatever it is you watch or you do, you think and you say, that Jesus experiences 100% of that. That he's there throughout it. And his omnipresence brings this balance, yes, of confidence in moments where we need him, but also a reality check of understanding where am I asking Jesus to walk with me? I mean, if I really believe he's here with me right now, would I walk into this situation? Would I have reacted that way? If Jesus is standing here right now, would I have just said that in response to somebody? Would I have changed my tone when the Lord of the universe was standing next to me? Remember people before where I've been with them and they've said something or they've done something inappropriate and they're like, oh, geez, I shouldn't do that. My pastor's here. And I always say, and don't worry about your pastor here. Be worrying about your Savior being here. You, don't be worried about me standing next to you thinking, wow, that was really crass or wow, that was really rude or wow, that was ever. How about Jesus Christ standing right next to me? He was just here and he heard that. And don't worry about me. Worry about him. 
You see, his omnipresence brings a, a, a bigger scope, a reality check to the fact that we can't pocket our life. We can't hide away for a moment and do some of the sin, then come back. That our relationship with Jesus isn't, hey, I'll hang out with you on Sunday morning, buddy. Hey, Jesus, buddy, I'll meet you on Sunday morning at church. That's not Christianity. That's not actual real faith. If you think that you can just go out and live like hell six days a week, and then you can just come in and put your arm around, you know, buddy Jesus on Sunday morning, it doesn't work. He's an omnipresent God that if we start a relationship with him, when you walk out of here today, he walks out with you. That his spirit is with you in every situation. So it brings a a complete mind shift in thinking, wow, and nothing is hidden. Nothing is, is hidden away from his eyes. Nothing is hid away from his experience. He's right here. Remember when I was in high school, I, uh, I was just getting serious about my faith. And I was, I was really trying to, to apply it because I believed it was real. Remember, I had a moment where I, I went to a, a youth service and uh, I had been playing this Christian game of going to church and going back and living like hell, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, come and, and play the church game. And, and I remember sitting there one night on a Wednesday night and I realized that I actually believed it was true. I was faced with this reality all of a sudden that I actually believed Jesus was the Savior of the world. That I actually believed Jesus had saved my soul and I actually believed that he was around me at all times. I remember it wrecked me because I realized what he watched me do the whole rest of the week. And I remember I actually used to start, it was in my my sophomore year in high school, Every single day I would wake up and I would grab a Sharpie or a pen and I would write on my hand, he's right behind you. He's right behind you. And I remember that every day I would write it on my hand as a reminder that as I went through my day, I would see my hand and realize, how am I living? He's right behind me. I'm not hidden from God right now. And it began to change things in my life because I began to change my reaction. I began to be more bold about my faith when people would make fun of stuff and I would actually stand up and realize Jesus is sitting right here. Man, if my friend was sitting right here and somebody was dogging on them, I would stand up and I would say, you know what, they're my friend. Back off. Why wouldn't I do the same for my Jesus? And it began to shift something in my mind when I realized he's here. He's right here. That's what his omnipresence brings to us. This clarifier in our mind that his presence is with us. And at the same time, a confidence because not just is it, oh man, now I feel so bad because Jesus is here. But in the same sense that in that moment, that tough time, we might have that, that conviction, I shouldn't do that, I should do this. Then at the exact same time, it's not like we're making that next step by ourselves that he's with us and he'll give us that strength and help us as we step out in faith. He's right here. He's right here. This next week, tomorrow at your job, he's right there. Tomorrow, if you're hanging out with friends or you're going to go out tomorrow night and, and have some drinks with people or before Christmas, whatever type of parties you have and involvement in that, he's right there. How do you act? How do you live? How do you react? This Christmas season 
In four more days, we're going to be celebrating, waking up. He's right there. Are we giving him honor? Is it all just about toys and presents or is it something about Jesus too? He's right there. And you've got to apply that to you. So I hope it's simple enough to stick. He's right here. I'll tell you what this means for us as a church. This is why we're so passionate about what we do. If God was just omnipotent and he was just omniscient, this wouldn't matter that much. Because, see, a bunch of people just hanging out together, it wouldn't be that impressive. See, where the power comes in is because we believe that God is omnipresent. And when we ask you to be here and when we come together, we believe Jesus is here. That's why we're so passionate about what we do. That's why we'll spend hours planning things we're going to do. That's why musicians will spend countless hours practicing. And that's why we'll spend hours and hours pouring over the scripture. And that's why we'll have teams of people to make sure everything is perfect, where you get a nice cup of coffee and you get a friendly hello and your kids are safe and it's comfortable and the videos make sense so you can connect with the scriptures because we believe that when we come here, the presence of God is here. And that's what makes this powerful, not all those other things. We do all those things so that people can sit down and they can simply be met by the omnipresent God, who when we take just a few minutes and say, God, would you speak? He says, I, I will gladly speak into your life right now. You want to hear from me? I'm, I will gladly speak into you. I've been following you all week. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. This is why we're so passionate about what we do. This is why we call you guys to radical obedience in your life. This is why we call you guys to radical generosity. This is why we call you guys to radical servanthood because we serve an omnipresent God who's always walking with us and we say, let us make him proud. As a church, this is what really spurs us on. This is what gets us excited that when we invite people in here like this Wednesday night, and we do our Christmas Eve service, and I tell you, bring somebody, bring somebody, bring somebody. It's not because the message is going to be that good. It's not because the worship's going to be that good. I'm not dogging on Brian. He knows. Yeah, it might be okay. It's not because we're that great. It's because I know that if they come here, the presence of God will meet them. That our omnipresent God is waiting in ambush here, if you will. As they come and they sit down, God says, I want to speak into your life. I want you to hear how much I love you. I want you to know how much I care for you. I want you to understand for the first time ever the sacrifice that I made for you. We serve an omnipresent God, and he is right here. Close your eyes with me just for a second. I know I... um, I know I offered an opportunity for people to respond last week, but you know what? I cannot think of a better time than Christmas for us to realize that maybe we need a real relationship with God. Not some sort of religion, but we realize that this omnipresent God, for the first time maybe, and he paid for all this sin in my life, and I want to start a relationship with him. The Bible says that literally our response, our responsibility as far as our salvation is just accepting that gift from God. If I buy you a Christmas present, that's really kind to me, but you don't have to take it, do you? And that's the same thing with Jesus. He gave us this gift by dying on the cross and paying for our sins, but it is your responsibility to unwrap and open that gift. 
And if it's you this morning, you say, you know what, I, I want to establish a relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe I've never done this, or maybe I did it so far ago, I've walked so far away from it, man, I, I just need a relationship with Jesus. If it's you, you know it's you right now. You can feel it in your heart. I'm going to count to three, and on three, I just want you to shoot your hand up above your head. And I just want to see your hand, because I want to pray for you. If it's you, man, take advantage of it today. Don't miss it. One, two, three. Shoot your hand up if it's you. I see you here, sir. I see you guys there. I see you over here, sir. Yeah, I see you. Anyone else today? Anyone else today? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. And let us pray. Eight people. I see you, ma'am, right over here. And let us pray today together with these people. Let's just all together, let's pray together as, as one crowd. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying in my place. Please become the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, thank you guys so much. For you guys who did this, man, congratulations. Congratulations so much. For you eight people who just did that, it's the best decision you're ever going to make in your life. What I want to encourage you to do is, is you guys, and also last week, we had 10 people who raised their hand for salvation last week. I want to encourage you, before you leave here today, you people from last week and this week, stop back at our guest services just for one minute. We'd love to give you something called the Yes Jesus card. You fill it out and you take a piece home with you, and it's something to remind you that today you made a decision, because tomorrow the enemy is going to try to tempt you and say, you know what, that didn't mean anything. And you have a piece of paper to shake in his face and say, no, I, I made a decision. I made a decision. Go back there. We'd love to give you a Bible, what next packet, so you have something to start reading. Take a look. We'll, we'll start you right off in Luke, and you can start with the birth of Jesus Christ. What, what a perfect place to start, literally a few days before Christmas, to begin reading that and understanding that. For the rest of you guys, I just want to pray for you before we leave. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for how good you are. Thank you, Jesus, for your omni-qualities, which surround and encompass everything we could understand. We thank you for being such a great God. We thank you for salvation, Lord Jesus. We pray, God, that you would do awesome things in our life in these next days. I pray, Jesus, that Thursday, the day of Christmas, Lord, whether or not it's your actual birthday or not, I understand that. But as we we get together and we celebrate the birth of our Savior, our King, Jesus, let our minds fall on that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.